0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Mass Murder Talk. So this episode is really interesting to me, and it puts me in my feelings a little bit because this one deals with misogyny. For those of you who don't know, misogyny is when men have a, well, I shouldn't even say men, it could be women too, um, have a hatred, a dislike, or a prejudice against women. And obviously, me being an African-American woman, I had to do an episode on this shit. I mean, it's a little bit of an older case, but it's still pretty interesting. I'll be curious to hear everybody's thoughts at the end of the episode. All right, y'all, so here we go. So this mass shooting took place October 16th, 1991 in Killeen, Texas, by a 35-year-old man named George Hennard. Hennard drove his 1987 blue Ford Ranger pickup truck through the plate glass window at Luby's cafeteria at 1239 PM. That day, Henard killed 23 people and wounded 27. Now, not all of the people that he wounded or killed were women. So let's do a little backstory. George Pierre Henard was born October 15th, 1956 in Sayre, Pennsylvania. He was born into a wealthy family His father was a Swiss-born surgeon, and his mother was a homemaker. He also had two younger siblings. From a young age, they moved across the country, and his father worked at several army hospitals. Later, his family would move to New Mexico for his father's job. So, Henner graduated from Mayfield High School in 1974, and right after he graduated, he enlisted into the Navy, He served three years in the Navy, and then he was honorably discharged. And after he was discharged from the Navy, he went on to work as a merchant marine, but he was discharged in 1989 for drug use, which is marijuana. Well, at the time it was marijuana and racial incidents. Several months later, he enrolled in a rehab program in Houston, When he was discharged from the Merchant Marines, he had went into a really deep depression. Okay, so, you know, it sounds like he fell off a little bit, but he was trying to get his life back on track. You know, nowadays, the weed thing, it's really not that big of a deal, but, you know, back then, it was considered really serious. But shit, I mean, take into consideration the leap forward that marijuana has made over the years. I mean, most of it is medicinal now, and... It's really not that big a deal anymore. So, things with Henry started to get a little shaky, though. So, let's keep going. His parents divorced in 1983. His father moved to Houston, and his mother moved to Henderson, Nevada. And it was believed that after the divorce is when George started having problem with women. I couldn't find a reason for the divorce. I don't know if he blamed his mother. I don't know if his mother cheated on his father, vice versa. I don't know. I wasn't able to find anything. But Hannah started working several jobs, including construction, including a construction crew in South Dakota and Colleen while living part-time with his mother in Nevada. And he also lived in Belton, Texas, in a colonial-style home that his family had purchased in 1980, shortly after they moved to Fort Hood. The Belton House was the house that his mother had kept after his father had divorced his mother. So, during this time, his behavior started towards women started getting a little, I guess you would say, creepy. He started stalking two sisters who lived a couple of blocks away. He even went as far as writing them a five-page letter in which he referred to women as white treacherous vipers. He also said several other things, but if I tried to reread the letter, we'd be here all fucking day. So in February of 1991, Henner legally purchased two pistols, a Ruger P89 and a Glock 17. The P89 can hold between 15 and 17 rounds, and the Glock, which is usually used by military or law enforcement, can hold 17 rounds. So let's keep that in mind for later. Hennard was described as reclusive, belligerent, and having an explosive temper. There were several reports on how Henard expressed his hatred of women. His ex-roommate would even go on to say that he hated black, Hispanic, and gay people. He would refer to women as snakes and always had derogatory remarks about them, especially after he had had fights with his mother. You know, I really do wish I could have found some information on his parents' divorce, Because to me, that would kind of fill in the blanks. But as I said, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm just giving my two cents. Henner was known to be meticulous about his truck. He would always be seen washing it and making sure it was clean. He was also really particular about his yard. He would randomly cuss out neighbors when they would walk past his house. And he would also cuss out the garbage men Like when they would go to pick up the trash and you know how sometimes trash will fly out or out of a trash can or, you know, down the street or whatever. He would cuss them out for that. I mean, what the fuck are the garbage people supposed to do? They can't control every single piece of litter that flies out of the garbage can. I mean, what did he expect them to do? Chase it down the street? I mean, come on, dude. Let's let's use a little common sense here. About two months after the shooting, Henner went to a convenience store in Belton to buy his breakfast, which he did every day. He bought the same thing every day. As he was leaving, he told the clerk, who was a female, if they don't quit messing around my house, something awful is going to happen. So at this point, I'm sure the clerk is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what's going on. And the morning of the shooting, she said that he was really different. She said that he was almost calm and she considered him to be friendly for the first time. Okay, so, yeah, a little fucking creepy. So let's continue on. So a week before the shooting, Henner collected his paycheck at a cement company and informed him he was quitting. While he was there, he's wondering things aloud like, I wonder what would happen if I killed someone. And he started talking to some of his co-workers about some of the people or the women in Belton that were giving him problems. And Henner just kept saying, watch and see, watch and see. So now at this point, we are definitely seeing some red flags. Saying shit like that today is definitely not going to fly. You can not say shit like that now. It's a whole different ballgame. So as we can see... This man is like a pressure cake. The slightest little thing could set him off. We're getting there, y'all. On Henry's 35th birthday, he talked to his mom on the phone. Later that evening, he decided to treat himself to a cheeseburger and some fries in a little diner outside of Belton, where all of a sudden he just had a burst of rage watching Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings and He went off when he saw the interview with Nita Hill came on. The manager of the diner said that Henders started screaming, you dumb bitch, you bastards open the door for all women. So at this point, I'm guessing this is what sent him into a whirlwind of anger and rage. If you're not familiar with Clarence Thomas, he is the second African-American Supreme Court judge to serve on the court after Thurgood Marshall. And Anita Hill is an African-American lawyer. I'm not really sure what the interview was about that upset him so bad. I couldn't find anything about that. So what Henner does next is a little bit fuzzy. So from what I could find, once Henner saw that interview on TV, he went into a rage and decided to get in his truck and drive seven hours to Colleen, Texas, It's not known why he picked that particular cafeteria. He just decided, this is where I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. Obviously, the people in the cafeteria had no idea this was coming. I mean, this is just a seriously horrific situation. So at Luby's cafeteria, it was unusually crowded. It was about 150 people or so. So, you know, could you imagine? You're just sitting there, chilling, eating your lunch with your bosses and your co-workers. Y'all are laughing, minding your business, having a good time. When all hell breaks loose, you look up and there is a fucking pickup truck coming through the fucking window. So it starts to get a little graphic and I'm sorry, y'all. The customers at the cafeteria are obviously in shock. They really don't understand what has happened. They weren't sure if it was an accident, if someone had had a heart attack, a stroke, a seizure, what? Once Henry smashed through the window, he started shooting from his truck. Just as, well, actually he was, knocked somebody down when he went through the window. And just as the man was starting to get stable on his feet, Hennard. Busted out of the driver's side door, holding both his guns, he walks up to the man and just shoots him in the head. By now, bystanders are realizing this is not an accident. So, obviously, people are in there screaming, they're scared, they're hiding. They're not sure what is going on. People are seriously confused because, you know, you gotta think, back then, this kind of stuff didn't really happen. As Henner got out of the truck, he yelled, all women of Colleen and Belton are vipers. This is what you done to me and my family. This is what Bell County did to me. This is payback day. Hunter then opened fire on all the customers and the staff with both pistols. Of course, once again, of course, there's a lot of screaming, running. People are scared. These people are basically freaking the fuck out. They obviously don't know this man, and they don't know what the fuck is going on. Survivors would say that Hennard went around the cafe once, shooting people in the head and chest. He came back to those that were injured and shot them in the head. The only time he stopped shooting was when he was reloading. He started circling around the cafeteria a second time, selectively choosing his victims. Hennard even said to a woman, you bitch, before he fatally shot her. At this point, he sees another lady hiding under a serving line and says, hiding from me, bitch, and he shoots her in the head. He saw another man hiding under a table and he shot him. The man rolled over and grabbed his stomach. I wasn't able to find out if the man actually died. So by now, Henry notices a woman and a baby. He said to the woman, you with the baby, get out of here before I change my mind. I got to say, y'all, that was a blessing because could you imagine you and your child being shot down for no reason whatsoever? It doesn't matter if there's a reason or not. You and your child just being killed. Awful, awful thought. As soon as the woman left, Henner shot a lady in the arm. It went clean through and instead killed a 70 year old woman now i don't know of the position of the ladies at that time i don't know if they were standing or if they were laying on top of each other i really don't know so obviously people are terrified you know wouldn't you be i know i would be but at this point i'd probably be trying to find a way out too henry came to a table near the rear of the cafeteria where a young man named Tommy Vaughn was hiding and he was huddled on the floor beside the window. So at this point, dude, Tommy deserves a medal because he did something brave and courageous. Tommy threw himself through the window. When he did, it made a way for dozens of people to escape. So, of course, people are pushing and shoving and they're knocking each other down to escape. Dude was like, fuck that. I'm not trying to die today. I'm about to make a way out of here. If I end up a little hurt, oh, well, it is what it is. I can deal with a couple of scratches. So kudos to him. So I I don't know why Henner didn't try to shoot him or even shoot at him. The only thing I can think is at the time this happened, maybe he was reloading. So the police show up a few minutes later And by then, at least a third of the victims had escaped. Witnesses said that Hennard reloaded at least three times before the police got there. And when they did, there was a brief shootout. At this point, Hennard was wounded and he retreated to an area between two bathrooms. People were hiding in the bathrooms and had blocked the doors. They're like, you ain't getting in here. Fuck you. You caused all this shit. So you can deal with the mess you just caused. Police kept telling Henner to surrender, but he refused and he was threatening to kill more people. So even though he was shot and wounded, he still was not trying to give up. He was like, if I'm going out, I'm going out like a soldier. By now, the police had shot Henner two more times in the abdomen, but he was still alive. Once he realized he was out of ammunition, for one of the guns, he, and he realized that his injuries were getting even more severe, he shot himself in his head with his last bullet. So, in the end, he had shot and killed 23 people, 10 with a single shot to the head at point-blank range, and had wounded another 27. Survivors of the shooting would say that Hennard passed over men just to shoot women. 14 of the 23 people killed were women. The survivors were later called the massacre 10 minutes in hell. At the time, this was the worst mass shooting in the United States until the Virginia Tech mass shooting in 2007. Lubies reopened five months after the massacre, but they were not able to fully recover. And they did permanently close in September on the 9th of 2000. As of 2020, it is now a buffet. So, I know it's a little short story, but what do y'all think? What would you have done in that situation? Would you have done anything different? I do know, like I said, it's a little bit older of a story, but some people have probably heard of it. If you've heard about it, let me know. I could definitely see his hatred for women, so I will give y'all my opinion. Do I think he was suffering from some type of mental illness? Yes, I do. Once again, I'm not a doctor by any means. What type of mental illness? I have no idea. Do I think whatever mental illness he had was triggered when his parents divorced? Do I think it was intensified when he was discharged from the Merchant Marines? yes again who am i i'm nobody i'm just a woman with an opinion so you know i love bringing all these stories and i really do like true crime and i like being able to give my take on things certain you know like certain things that i would do or certain thoughts i would have in those situations plus i like providing the info so hopefully the people listening like what I have to say. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening. Please consider subscribing and sharing my podcast with other true crime fans. It's free and it really helps me out. And also, y'all, I am really excited that my website will be up later this month. And I really want to hear y'all's thoughts and opinions. Plus, you'll get to know me a little bit better. And you'll be able to see like when I'll be having a guest on. You'll be able to find out about upcoming episodes and you'll even be able to make suggestions on future episodes. So again, thank you all for listening and be on the lookout for the next episode. Deuces.